Hello, I am your host on Save the Issues podcast. My name is Keandre Walker. I'm here to get an understanding of racial wealth gap. Okay, so on, I I saw this on Instagram. So it shows the net worth of a black family and the net worth of a white family. The net worth of a black family is $17,150. A net worth of a white family is $171,000. And if this is dealing with, like, so I'm about to also watch this video to get a better understanding of what this is coming from. So I can get a better explanation on, so I can add my due diligence. Let this play. Let's see. Just over 150 years ago, this was money for almost half of America. On multiple bills were people picking cotton. Enslaved people. These slaves didn't just represent wealth in America. They were wealth. By 1863, they were worth over $3 billion. Since then, America has slowly, painfully transformed as a country, breaking down racial barrier after racial barrier. Wait, so you telling me, go back, go back. This go back. This is crazy. The value of the stock of slaves in the U.S. by 1863, they were worth over three billion dollars. You see, this is the importance. That means that black people were more of value than any other ethnicity on this earth. Isn't that? Isn't that mind-blowing? That all the work that slaves that my ancestors put into this world, we were more than anything that was on this planet. These houses that have no existence, these buildings, these businesses, these restaurants. That's crazy. They were worth over $3 billion. 83 billion in 2018. That's crazy. Since then, America has slowly, painfully transformed as a country, breaking down racial barrier after racial barrier. I am very optimistic about the future. Frankly, I have seen certain changes in the United States that surprise me. Painfully transformed as a country, breaking down racial barrier after racial barrier. I am very optimistic. All right. Right here, we have. I'm going to write these down. I'm going to write these down because uh, this is information that people need to know. That we have broken barriers time after time.
This was the first black congressman, congressperson. His name was Joseph Rainey. I want to expound more on black history for people to realize where everything is coming from. So that's crazy. The first black senator. His name is Hisram Revels. Hisram Revels. Hey, this is a new segment I'm working on. This is dealing with. The, uh, this is going to be dealing with uh, motivation, dealing with people who do not push themselves to the right track in life. Hold up. Dang, you're going too fast. Hold on, relax. Hold up. About the future, Frank. Damn, I'm trying to get it, bro. Late. The first black PhD recipient. His name was Edward. Hmm. First Black Rhodes Scholar. Hmm. Elaine Locke. First black licensed pilot, Bessie Coleman. Addie McDaniels. Oscar winner. Jackie Robinson. 
MLB. Third good Marshall. Hold on, wait, dang, yo. Wealth is different. That's crazy. Less than four years, I would think, in 25. First black billionaire, Robert L. Johnson. Colin Powell. Sorry, people. I'm just writing down all this information for my research so I can come ready. But they, they weren't right on one thing. Uh, Barack Obama, he wasn't the first black president um, because George Washington wasn't the first president. He was like the third or fourth. We had our first president was black. I forgot his name, but I forgot where I read it at. So how's everyone doing? How's everyone's day going? Um, this lovely day. Every day is lovely. I don't like how they play Mondays and send the best day is Friday. Every day is, is a is a great day. And I want to learn more about Robert L. Johnson. He was the first billionaire. Like... That is powerful. This is the first Secretary of State. In 25 years or less. Twenty-five years or less. Ruth J. Simmons. <laughs> And they got Obama up here, but knowing that he is related, he is kin to Hitler. His mother is Hitler's daughter. 
So, yeah. Wealth is different. Wealth is where sort of past injustices breed present suffering. I think the racial wealth gap speaks to the fact that we still have a long way to go to achieve ideals of equality in this country. The racial wealth gap is a measure of the white family and the African-American family that's right smack dab in the middle, the median. The median white household's wealth, their savings, assets, minus their debts, is $171,000. The median black household's is $17,600. And that... So, how, like, like, how is that possible? Because... I see one the same when I see white families. Like I can see if I was I do DoorDash, so when I'm delivering in Westport, like I see those families. I can see them matching the one to seven thousand, but I see other white families where they're in the same uh living exchanges as black people. Making seventeen, so, so with the savings assets, the minus the debts. So that's why I'm confused. It's still growing and growing. Why? We all need to be self-evident. Read my that's like that. White people, before we got to where we are now, we were, black people were kings and queens before this switch up happened. So they came and took over, but knowing that in the end, in like 20, 30, I don't know how many years ahead after in the future, there will be no more white people. It'd be nothing but black. It'd be nothing but majority black and other ethnicities, except there will be no white because they, they don't have a strong gene. Like white person has sex with a black person, the black gene is stronger. That that kid is now black. It don't matter what shade that kid is. Now we have the right go to in a school in America, but we can't pay the tuition. I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. The American dream need not forever be deferred. That all men are created equal. They can't have their equal share in the house. They'll burn it down. So explain his racial gap. In January 1865, the Civil War was ending. Union General William Sherman and Secretary of War Edwin Stanton gathered a group of 20 black leaders and asked them what the black community needed to build lives in freedom. Reverend Garrison Frazier, the leader of the group, answered simply, the way we can best take care of ourselves is to have land. 
Four days after the meeting, Sherman issued Special Field Order Number 15. It set aside hundreds of thousands of acres of land, saying each family shall have a plot of not more than 40 acres of tillable ground. The day before his second inauguration, Lincoln signed a bill that made the plan official. America was almost a very different country. But it didn't turn out that way. Weeks later, Lincoln was dead. His successor, Andrew Johnson, quickly reversed course. Immediately, once we say, okay, equal rights, then you have a white backlash that says, well, what about our rights? By the end of that year, thousands of freed slaves who had received land were evicted. In just a year after slavery, President Johnson complained about discrimination against whites, quote, in favor of the Negro. But slaves had been creating wealth for their owners for 246 years. That wealth, whites got to keep. And there's a... This is another reason why this is wealth gap. Because the wealth that the whites have, we created that wealth. Like our ancestors with the slave, through slavery, the blacks created the wealth for the white people. To have 171,000, we had a 17,000. So we were given our 40 acres and a mule, but then after the person that killed Lincoln, got killed, it was taken away. Amazing thing about wealth that people who have it know well. It grows across generations. Just ask Jay-Z. I bought some artwork for one million. Two years later, that shit worth two million. Two years later, that shit worth eight million. I can't wait to give this shit to my children. One thing it says is that wealth begets wealth. Turn one million into eight. Raise your hand if you want to take that deal. It doesn't take a risky Picasso-sized bet to see wealth grow dramatically. It just takes time. If you live in a stable country and can invest long-term, values generally go up. That's why you need to know about compounding interest. Imagine you took $100 and invested it in 1863. The average annual inflation-adjusted return in the U.S. stock market has been around 7%. The next year, it's worth a bit more, and a bit more, and a bit more. Today, that $100 would be worth more than $3.5 million. To this day, African Americans make a lot less money than whites. They're far more likely to be unemployed, and studies show employers still discriminate. But even if we manage to close those gaps right now, Centuries of inequality have already compounded, most powerfully, through land and housing. Usually, in this century, any wealth is captured as through property. For the American middle class, home equity accounts for around two-thirds of wealth. So if you're a white American, you're likely to have parents or grandparents with a story like this. My parents bought a house, probably now 50 years ago, paid $14,000 for it then. And it is worth now probably about six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollars. Most people don't understand the power of housing, of where you live, of what opportunities exist in that community. The government played a huge role in making that happen. 
During the Great Depression, almost half of all city homeowners were in default. Men are sitting in the parks all day long, out of work, muttering to themselves. Franklin Delano Roosevelt took action with the New Deal. By providing for the easing of the burden of debt. And so the New Deal unleashes mortgage credit to the population. The American dream and owning a home became synonymous. But the new Federal Housing Administration wouldn't insure mortgages in areas it decided were too risky. And the way that risk is calculated is by race. A black family moving in was seen as a threat to housing prices. Do you think a Negro family moving here will affect the community as a whole? I think that well, the property values will immediately go down if uh, they are allowed to move in here in any numbers. So when the FHA drew maps of where they wouldn't insure loans, the neighborhoods with more black families were colored in red. Redlining is not a figurative metaphor. You would literally see maps drawn where entire neighborhoods were redlined off. The effects of racism became a justification for more racism. If two-thirds of America's middle-class wealth is in the form of home ownership, um, that opportunity to own a home has now just been excluded. Federally enforced segregation affected every part of life. The jobs you could access, where your children went to school, how safe they were, and whether your home increased in value. It wasn't until 1968 that housing discrimination was outlawed. Fair housing for all human beings is now a part of the American way of life. But that didn't mean housing discrimination ended. Consider what it took for Cory Booker's family to get their house in 1969. So my parents began looking for homes, but finding just odd things happening where real estate agents, if they saw them beforehand, they would only show them homes in African-American communities. And if it was a house in the white neighborhood, my parents would be told this house is already sold. Booker's parents set up a sting operation with a civil rights group. The next time they were turned away, a white couple arrived and made an offer on their behalf. The bid was accepted. And on the day of the closing, the white couple did not show up. My father did, and the lawyer. And the real estate agent, so angry, stands up and punches my dad's lawyer. Literally, they're fighting, scrambling. And there was a dog in the corner, and he sicked the dog on my father. So my father's now trying to fight off a big dog. The window was smashed, but eventually things settled, and the real estate agent was desperate, sort of begging my father, you don't want to move here, your people are not here. He was so afraid that one black family would move in, and somehow it would destroy his business and drive down real estate rates. Cory Booker and his parents ended up getting that house, and that house helped build his future. It built wealth incredibly. My father rolled into another house in the same town, an even bigger house, and going from poverty um, to being in very comfortably in the middle class in the United States of America and really thriving. That wasn't the typical story. 100 years of discrimination since slavery left a huge home ownership gap. By the 90s, banks and politicians realized what that meant, an opportunity. Discrimination is patently immoral but it is now increasingly being seen as unprofitable. In the 90s, the government made a push to open up the mortgage market. To help families who have historically been excluded from home ownership. Black home ownership started ticking up, 
it looked like the wealth gap might start closing at long last. So you've got people who are hungry for these loans, but what they want is the regular loans that everyone else got from 1934 until 1980. Instead, African Americans were twice as likely as white Americans to get subprime loans. A loan that starts out cheap and gets much more expensive for borrowers with lower credit. But one in five black borrowers with good credit still ended up with a subprime loan. I was a loan officer at Wells Fargo in their subprime division. So Beth heard the conference calls where Wells Fargo planned to target black churches. They were termed wealth building seminars and that was about purchasing homes. The minister of these churches thought this was a great idea, something to help the parishioners in the community. The bank would give the church a donation for each parishioner who ended up getting a mortgage. So the people in the congregation didn't realize the loan officer they were talking to was only going to sell them a subprime loan, even if they had 800 credit scores. market breakdown. The worst financial crisis since World War II. Fueled by mortgage lending that wasn't sound or responsible. Led by borrowers of high-risk subprime loans. Black communities lost 53% of their wealth. It's, it's hurtful to see a lot of those folks who were at the highest levels of the world of finance who made fabulously irresponsible decisions uh, that those people have been made whole those institutions have been made whole but for communities like mine that are still struggling um, that there wasn't some kind of vision or plan uh, to try to help those folks get back on their feet many of the biggest mortgage lenders in the country settled discrimination lawsuits although it denied targeting black borrowers wells fargo agreed to pay 175 million dollars Unlike in FDR's New Deal, the government's $440 billion program to address the housing crisis mostly didn't go to homeowners. The assistance and a single viral clip triggered a backlash. How many of you people want to pay for your neighbor's mortgage that has an extra bathroom and can't pay their bills? Raise their hand. How about we all? to an equity scenario where whites and blacks have the same amount of, of educational achievement, it would lower the racial wealth gap somewhat minimally. And maybe not even that much. The Fed Reserve Bank of St. Louis did a study that came up with the finding that white college graduates over a couple of decades, their wealth increased dramatically. As one might expect, black college graduates over the same period of time their wealth actually decreased. The reason isn't that great. And that is true. Because I went to a private university. I went to Southern University. I have three degrees. I don't have a job in none of the, the degrees that I have. But the white people that I went to, went to school with, they were older than me, but they still got the jobs even without having the experience. So they want you to have the experience, but no one is willing to give black people experience in the field. They think it'll be a, a, a waste of time training, not knowing. I went, I went to private school as a kid. 
I might have graduated public, but I only have two years of public in me. Majority of my life is private school, so. It's made very different amounts of money. <sighs> it was how they spent it. It's much more likely to be the case that an African-American college graduate is the most successful in their family network. And therefore, relatives ask them for help and they give it. That doesn't mean that white college graduates are less charitable or less giving or anything like that. It just means that they're like others in their network. African-Americans were wealth for 246 years. For a hundred more years, a patchwork of laws excluded them from building wealth and discrimination continues today. The wealth- Yeah, so from 1619 to 1865, black people built white people's wealth from 1865 to 1968, they destroyed us from getting wealth, which is still going on to this day. Does that not set into your mind? It's all a mindset. Like these, these numbers that they come up with, they are fact. But you have to set your mind that you are going to do better than what they think. Gap has grown so large over so many years, it would take something truly radical to close it. How do you close this gap, this huge gap in wealth between whites do and know. blacks? Reparations. Right? Reparations. How much are we talking about here, Tanasi? Well, we don't actually know. I will take a check. Is anyone on the stage for reparations for slavery for African Americans? Are you? I am. The Bible says we shall be and must be repairers of the breach. And a breach has occurred, and we have to acknowledge that. Where are my reparations? This does have a generational cost to it. We just can't hope that we are going to thrive as a nation. Uh, when there's still so many wounds that have not been addressed. This is something that started with slavery, but it's never diminished over time. And that's because government policy keeps perpetuating the circumstances for the wealth gap. I mean, it's the Billie Holiday song, right? Them that's God shall have, them that's not shall lose. It, it is truly self-perpetuating. Whenever this issue of compensatory or preferential treatment for the Negro is raised, some of our friends recoil in horror. The Negro should be granted equality. They agree, but should ask for nothing more. On the surface, this appears reasonable, but it is not realistic. For it is obvious that if a man enters the starting line of a race 300 years after another man, the first would have to perform some incredible feat in order to catch up to his fellow runner. God bless the child who's got it so who's got it so We'll be adding more episodes to this. Have a good day.